0: Thank you. journey to thank you for staying with us. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. I would like to thank all of the listeners who supported us during our recent fund drive. Today, we are going to focus on Haiti. The 2004 coup against the democratically elected president, jean bertrand Aristide took place in 2004, a leap year on February 29th. So today actually is the anniversary of that coup. Um, the, uh, right-wing ex-army paramilitaries invaded the country from across the Dominican uh, Republic um, with the backing of the United States. Uh, jean Bertrand Aristide was later forced into exile in the Central African Republic and later in South Africa. And today, 19 years later, Haiti continues to be destabilized. Uh, right now, under an unelected acting president, Ariel Henry. Henry was selected by former Haitian President Jovenel Moïse, who was assassinated. The Moïse regime was unpopular uh, since what some say was his selection rather than an election to be president, hundreds of thousands of people had taken to the streets of Haiti for several years, demanding that he step down and that he and his predecessor, Martelly, be held to account for millions of dollars missing in the Petro Caribe scandal. The country is also facing a resurfacing of cholera and an uptick in what is called uh, gang activity. Uh, some say it, it is a resurgence of death squads. Uh, today, we are going to be joined by two guests with um, Pacha, Edward Pacha Bofre, who is on the executive committee of Fanny Lavalas, he is based in Haiti, and Pierre Le Bossier one of the most respected, progressive voices on Haitian politics in the U.S. He is originally from Haiti and is a co-founder of the Haiti Action Committee. We live in a global world. We're all interrelated. So on Soderna Truth, we work to bring directly to you news and views on local, national, and international policies and stories that affect us all. And we draw out how those of us most impacted women, communities of color and other communities are responding. We also discuss the interrelationship between art and politics. Now for our news headlines.
1: For Pacifica Radio, I'm Christina honested A special house committee dedicated to countering China began its work with a primetime hearing last night to warn of dangers the Chinese government poses to the U.S. economy and security. It's part of a surge in China-related actions on Capitol Hill, all coming amidst worries over Chinese spy balloons, tensions in the Taiwan Straits, and concerns about China's potential role in Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Christopher
2: Martinez reports. Republican Michael McCall is chair of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He opened its first hearing since Republicans took control of the House, under the title Combating the Generational Challenge of Chinese Communist Party Aggression.
3: There's no doubt that the growing aggression of the Chinese Communist Party poses a generational threat to the United States.
2: The Foreign Affairs Committee hearing was one of a series of China-related events on Capitol Hill Tuesday. The House Science, Space, and Technology Committee also held a hearing on competition with China. The newly created House Select Committee on Strategic Competition between the U.S. and the Chinese Communist Party held its first hearing. And in the House Financial Services Committee, lawmakers approved a package of 10 bills, including the Protect Taiwan Act and the China Financial Threat Mitigation Act of 2023, all passing by either unanimous or overwhelmingly bipartisan margins. Though Democrats and Republicans both spoke of the need for bipartisanship, there were still some differences. At least a difference of emphasis came in the financial services hearing. Democrat Maxine Waters of California. Anti-Asian American violence has skyrocketed in the wake of COVID-19
4: pandemic, fueled significantly by former President Donald Trump. We have a responsibility to avoid language that stokes hatred and fuels xenophobia and violence against the Asian American community.
2: I'm Christopher Martinez.
1: China slammed the House committee hearing last night, demanding its members, quote, discard their ideological bias and zero-sum Cold War mentality, unquote. A foreign ministry spokesperson said the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party must view China and China-U.S. relations in an objective and rational light. She said the new committee should stop framing China as a threat and stop denigrating its Communist Party to score political points at the expense of China-U.S. relations. Ukraine's military may decide to pull troops back from the key eastern stronghold of Bakhmut after a bloody months-long Russian offensive to capture the city, according to an advisor to Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky. Meanwhile, another advisor denied Ukraine had used drones to attack Russian territory yesterday. Russia's defense ministry alleged Ukraine had targeted infrastructure deep inside the country. Meanwhile, NATO's head Jens Stoltenberg yesterday said Ukraine will someday join the Western military alliance
3: NATO allies have agreed that uh, Ukraine will become uh, a member of uh, our alliance uh, uh, but at the same time that ha- that is a long-term perspective what is the what is the issue now is to uh, ensure that Ukraine prevail as a sovereign independent, independent nation and that, therefore we need to support uh, Ukraine
1: Ukraine's potential membership was a focal point of Russia's invasion a year ago In the U.S., millions who hope to benefit from the Biden administration's student debt forgiveness program may have those hopes dashed, as conservatives who dominate the Supreme Court appeared skeptical of the president's authority to forgive up to $20,000 of student debt. The court held a three-hour hearing
5: on two challenges to the program. Eileen Alfonderry reports. To cancel student loan debt, the Biden administration relied on the HEROES Act. The acronym stands for the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students. Now extended, it allows the Secretary of Education to waive or modify the terms of federal student loans as necessary in connection with a national emergency. Chief Justice Roberts indicated the administration may have overstepped the bounds of what is permissible by canceling up to $20,000 of student loan debt per person.
6: We're talking
7: about half a trillion dollars uh, and 43 million Americans. How does that fit under the normal understanding of modifying? Proligar
5: said the reading of the original statute would allow elimination of student debt.
7: Americans have struggled to pay rent, utilities, food, and many have been unable to pay their debts. To head off immediate harm for student loan borrowers, two secretaries across two administrations invoked the HEROES Act to suspend interest and payment obligations for all Americans with federally held loans. But if that forbearance ends without further relief, it's undisputed that defaults and delinquencies will surge above pre-pandemic levels.
5: The administration says 26 million people have applied to have up to $20,000 in federal student loans forgiven under the plan. The Supreme Court is expected to issue its ruling in June. I'm Eileen Alfandari and today marks the one year,
1: today marks the eighth anniversary of the war in Yemen, which has killed hundreds of thousands of people and has been called world's worst humanitarian crisis. I'm Christina Anastad reporting for Pacifica Radio.
0: And this is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Today, we are going to spend the hour focusing on Haiti, um, the coup against the first democratically elected president of Haiti, jean bertrand at actually took place a year ago. It was 2004, February 29th, so it was a leap year. Uh, so, this being March 1st, it actually is the anniversary date. Before we welcome our guests, let us go first to a clip from Randall Robinson, basically describing uh, what happened in the lead up and that. Let's go to that clip.
6: Colin Powell made a statement in April, this April. He said that he had been criticized fiercely for going into Haiti. But that a bloodbath was about to take place, Pierre. That um, a civil war was in the offing. And he sent a plane in to bring Aristide out. And Aristide agreed. And he came out. And we spared the country a bloodbath. Oh, Donald Rumsfeld said that when the plane landed in in Antigua for refueling that if Aristide had a problem about anything he would have said something to his Caribbean colleagues in Antigua when he was there. Colin Powell had lied. Donald Rumsfeld had lied. First the army that was making the Civil War that uh, Powell was trying to avoid was an army that was armed by the United States, an army that was equipped by the United States, an army that was trained by American special forces in the Dominican Republic. One might safely assume that if we financed it, that if we armed it, that if we equipped it, If we trained it, then we directed it. For we would not have given all of that to any group that could do anything it wanted to do at any time. And what was so clear throughout all of this, that once the rebels, and that's too nice a term for these thugs who had a long string of killings to their name, that once they crossed the border into Haiti in February of 2004 all George Bush had to say all Colin Powell had to say all Condoleezza Rice had to say to them was stop they would have stopped immediately but they never said that which means that they approved what they were doing now in this country, because we didn't know anything about Haiti, we didn't know where this town was in relation to that town, when they crossed the border and they started tearing around in the north of the country, burning police stations, loosing prisoners and that sort of thing, we, we, we thought that Port-au-Prince was threatened. But the closest these rebels would ever come to Port-au-Prince was the moment they stepped across the border. They did not go west and south to Port-au-Prince. They went north, away from Port-au-Prince. There were only 200 of them. The 1 million plus people living in Port-au-Prince were hostile to them they could not possibly have overrun the capital. Aristide knew exactly where they were. His helicopter pilot had flown reconnaissance and watched them as they made their stops around the country, killing people with their new American weapons, killing policemen who had no useful weapons because of the embargo imposed by President Clinton and not lifted by George Bush. And so Powell lied by omission. And so that was the context in late February that we were all frightened, particularly people who know the Aristides, who know their children, who know what decent people they were and what they tried to do. Aristide, in a country where 70% of the people are peasant farmers, who make less than $225 a year, enraged the white elites by saying that the minimum wage should be raised to $2 a day. Aristide, who was born poor and black, who has on his birth certificate Creole words that say people from the outside, that say peasant. Aristide said this has to be removed from the birth certificates. All Haitians ought to have the same birth certificate, notwithstanding race and class. This enraged the white elites, becoming so enraged that they published on the Internet racist depictions of the President, installing cameras in his bathroom, publishing pictures on the internet of the President nude in his home. That's how vicious it was, all of which our country knew about and supported.
0: Wow. That was a description uh, Randall Robinson describing um, 2004, the lead up to the so-named who today is 19 years since that year. I would now like to welcome our guest, um, who is based in Haiti, Edward Pacha Pope, popularly known as Pacha, since 1998, He has been a member, an active member of Family Lavalas, a political organization headed by Jean-Bertrand Aristide and supported by the vast majority of impoverished people in Haiti. In 2011, he joined the executive committee of Family Lavalas. He runs his own business and holds an academic uh, degree uh, from uh, Institute in Paris, France. Pasha, welcome back to Security.
8: Margaret, it's a pleasure to be with you, especially on an occasion like today, uh, which reminds us of uh, uh, the real uh, stories of our country concerning democracy, where we see that, unfortunately, there's a will from the international uh, community not to uh, let democracy uh, prosper and hate
0: absolutely and, and patra um were you um in haiti or if you were not you were very aware of the events around 2004 that description that randall robinson and that quickly just played do you think that was actually anything you wanted to share with our audience about the acting
8: situation? Actually, I was in Haiti in 2004, and uh, that night is a memorable, memorable night. It's one night that uh, I don't think I will ever forget uh, because uh, one of the persons that accompanied President Aristide uh, that night that was also uh, forced to leave the country with him was my uncle, Franz Gabriel, that was uh, at his house uh, uh, when it was torn by, the, by uh, special forces uh, imposing him to leave immediately. Uh, so I did receive a phone call that night around uh, maybe 3.30 in the morning when my uncle called me uh, personally and told me, uh, I just want to let you know that we are being forced uh, uh, to go on a plane and that we will be leaving uh tonight uh so they left without passports without documentation uh without nothing so it was really uh, something uh unthinkable knowing that it was the u.s special forces that uh, came in personally uh to drive him out out of his house directly to the airport and uh, like you mentioned before, to different countries, but uh, the first up was, uh, uh, I think, Jamaica and then Central Africa before they reach, uh, after several months, uh, South Africa. So it was it was a time of history that we should remember all as the description that uh, Randall just gave we can see when, uh, unfortunately, you have, uh, the United States and, and other members of, of the international rebellion and violence against democracy because, uh, uh, the first democratically elected president in 1990 and reelected again in 2000, Uh, and he was the only president that they didn't want him to uh, his turn. Both times that it was that he was elected president. There is only one reason to promote, I the other phrase that he used that was, everyone is a human being. Because in Haiti, we did not consider the poor people as human beings. So as he was helping them to rise up, putting up education, putting up a uh, 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 healthcare system, putting up also a uh, uh, housing system, uh, those um, minority as far as uh, people, but majority and numbers. A certain group of uh, uh, Haitian private sector, we would put it this way. Uh, did not accept that young people, more young uh, black people, uh, uh, people who had a new level of education. And this is when they decided to put up a fight against the person, Aristide, what he represented for the majority. So it's unfortunately sad that uh, 19 years after, instead of the country... Progressing because the critics were on President Aristide coming from the international community and that private sector, saying that he was a dictator or didn't uh, 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 he was uh, doing corruption or he was building up uh, 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 people against people. We're realizing now, nineteen years after, that uh, they had a plan for Haiti, and the plan for Haiti was not a positive plan. Today, more I, than ever, uh, we are have been out of the democracy. Where since two thousand ten, uh, the international community started deciding who they would appoint to be president. It was first time in history that you someone who was seven and the poll, the international community came back up and said, no, uh, we want him to be uh, uh, on the second round. They took out six other contenders. They put the seventh one in front and had an election where they appointed Martellia as president. They repeated the same thing again in 2015 to give us what we have today to Haiti for, for a while now, uh, since uh, the Saline massacre that you came to visit, 50 times worse than what it was, raped, uh, children being killed, uh, gang members getting big, bigger and stronger. Uh, uh, it's, it's really a, a dark moment for Haiti, and to get out of it, all Haitians need to get back to, together.
0: Right. And, and, and uh, Pacha, we are going to talk a bit um, after our station break about the way forward and, and the vision uh, for Haiti. But it it does seem that we know, as you say, that there were two coups against uh, President Adesky, uh during his tenure, uh, so to speak, uh, both involving uh, the United States.
8: Communication is a little bit bad. Can you? Okay. Right. Are you hearing can me? Can you repeat okay, it for me, Margaret? Because the communication is a little bit bad.
0: Okay. You are on <laughs> the ground in Haiti, and so uh, that, that can be different. I was just saying that there were two things against uh, President Ades-D, uh during his tenure. And it seems that since uh, 2004, really, the Haitian movement for democracy has stepped up and stayed on the streets, um, even with the um, selected presidents, uh, Martin Li and Jovenel uh, Moïse. Uh, that uh, movement for democracy continues. I think we have Pasha back on the line now. Pasha, you're back, can you hear me? Yes, I
8: hear you very okay. well. To, right. to continue uh, to what your question was. Yes, continue, Pasha. What is very sad also in all this situation, is that it's a situation that can be fixed. As the hypocrisy that is in the words, the wording that they are saying is that they wanted a Haitian solution. Haiti has been saying that it's important to have a Haitian solution, but whatever has been proposed on the table is not taken into account. They want to dictate their solution to the Haitian people. And this is not going to happen, uh, uh, unfortunately, because the majority has decided to disconnect completely from them. And without being able to reach this majority of people, they are unable to come up with solutions. So what is important right now is for the international community to understand. They can accompany us in a dialogue to have a Haitian project on the table. We don't want Haiti to continue going that path. From 2004 to 2023, we have been getting worse completely. Nothing has been improving while during those 19 years, we have been imposed a way of life by the international community. They had chosen who they wanted to govern this country, and it has not worked and it's not being progressive for the majority of the population. So it is important that today everybody gets together. If the international community uh, want to be part of it, it will be very much welcome because we do need human resources to accompany us to build those capacities because the, uh, the state has never been as corrupted as it is today. Day. But it's a fallen state because you don't have the human capacity to bring it back up to put back the security that Haiti needs right now. But on one hand, you have a Haitian led police force that has been trained by mostly the international community. And today you are not able to equip them on the pretext that there is an embargo. But if you're coming down with militaries to take care of gangs, members, with what are you going to come down with? You're going to come down with equipment, materials to to be able to do so. But you don't want to put those materials uh, uh, available to the police today, which is not acceptable. So I, I don't think that they are ready to see Haiti develop itself and go forward. And until they are ready to see it or to accept it, uh, I don't think the population will reconnect with none of the uh, those members, whether it's international community or uh, local uh, actors that are embracing the international community by praising them to come uh, down with boots on the ground.
0: Right, and and Pasha, we unfortunately only have a, a few minutes left, um, and I wonder if you want to say anything further about the CARICOM uh, initiative, because as you know, they have been under tremendous pressure. We know that Jamaica and the Bahamas have very close relationships with the United States and with Canada. So I wasn't surprised that Canada had organized a delegation that included those two nations in particular. Uh, As far as you know, was there any discussion about a further meeting involving more members of CARICOM with Fami Lavalas and other uh, key players, as as you said, taking place outside of Haiti in the very near future. Pasha, do you know if that was discussed at all or no information on that?
8: It was not discussed as far as a dialogue. Uh, It was um, mentioned at one point that probably they should uh, have a follow-up meeting outside of Haiti, but nothing concrete, nothing special. If I was to suggest something to the CARICOM, is the problem of, of Haiti is not that complex or even not that complicated. It can be simply resolved with the 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 goodwill of all actors, not wanting to impose their uh, uh, mindset or the, their way of of uh, uh, doing it. Haiti cannot go to election now. It's impossible. The security issues that are in Haiti enables it to go towards election. Haiti needs a dialogue around security and what can we do together to build back our institutions locally. We have one police force, even if, if it remains with 10 people or 15 people or 20 people, we have to build it back again. So it will take time to recover from this situation, but the sooner we put ourselves together with a plan, with a project to say, this is the plan for Haiti for the next couple of years before reaching the election. This is what we are going to do to bring back security. When we mean security, it's not only the gangs, but it also uh, uh, about uh, feeding our population. How can we feed them? Because the next problem coming along, Margaret, is that the population is unable to grow uh, right now in uh, Tibonid, which is the, the major uh, uh, plantations of rice They are unable to reach those places now. So in a couple of months, instead of five or six million people, you will have seven million because the food shortage is going to uh, uh, get more and more present. So if I was to suggest to CARICOM uh, 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 something is to be attentive to the Haitian population to what they are saying. They don't want boots boots on the ground, but they want a Haitian solution that can help them uh, uh, move forward. I'm sorry right. for the communication today, Margaret, but it was no a, a pleasure to be with you today again.
0: No worries, Pasha. And we'll have you back and, and try to have, uh, pre plan some uh, better connections here, Pierre. We'll have you back as well. Um, but Pasha, what you're saying is really very, very important. Meanwhile, what I would like to do is to go to, um, a clip now from massacres in Haiti where Maxine Waters is describing having to go to the Central African Republic to rescue President Aristide. Can you play that clip while we start the sound that?
7: Early on February 29th, 2004, the President of Haiti called upon the international community to protect his government from a rebel army advancing on the capital, Port-au-Prince. Hours later, however, President Jean-Bertrand Aristide found himself on a U.S. military jet surrounded by marines, being escorted to an unknown destination. Back in Haiti, hundreds of members of his party and cabinet were arrested and imprisoned. More than a year later, as he watches the last remaining months of his term expire, Aristide remains defiant towards those he says forced him into exile for the second time in 15 years.
3: I am still the only elected president of Haiti. They voted for a president. A good number unfortunately were killed for that, for defending an elected president.
4: President Aristide told me uh, that he'd been forced Uh, from his home, that he had literally been kidnapped. They told him if he did not leave, he would be killed, and a lot of other Haitians would be killed.
7: Every time the Haitian majority has been allowed to go to the polls, it has voted for the same people with the same agenda. Each time that agenda was pursued, the government was overthrown by military
6: force. Aristide represented a people's reform movement and was trying for the first time ever in Haitian history to be the voice of the voiceless. This was again the Haitian people in power with all the warts
0: and all the sloppiness and anarchy that come with a a newly born government.
7: As we attempt to understand how a president so overwhelmingly elected by his people lost the support of the international community, we are confronted by those who defend Aristide. And accuse the United States of orchestrating his removal.
4: This is not uh, about uh, anything but the ideology of the far right wing that now really controls the United States government, that does not support popular democracy.
6: Orders from on high are that we are to concentrate on this question: just how much was Aristide responsible? But we don't have to follow the orders from on high. And if we're sensible, we see that the only question was how it would implode. But
7: we are also confronted by those who blame the collapse on Aristide himself.
2: There wasn't any question that things were going to fall apart in Haiti. The immediate roots are part of the tragedy of Aristide. This man failed to deliver. Hopes crashed. President Aristide didn't just make mistakes,
7: he willfully misgoverned and eventually he paid the price for that because he lost uh, his ability to control the whirlwind of violence that he had unleashed on the country for a decade. As the bitterly partisan debate about one of the most controversial figures of the 20th century continues to rage, it remains clear that Haiti is in crisis.
2: I saw things that people are never supposed to see, Uh, just
0: inhuman bodies that you just see. I mean, their daily life is to walk by a body that's being eaten by a dog because it was killed, you know, the night before. It's a setback that's that's multiple decades backwards. Everything's broken, Um, and everybody knows it.
6: Mary was not perfect, but he represented an institution. If allowed to
3: grow and prosper, it symbolized another relationship that Haiti would have to the world. The justice that they fought for, that the Asian people demand, is still existing. Haiti is poor as that. Children are still dying. This The, the situation of Haiti defies logic. To see the people living like that is incredible. My hair is standing on the back of my head right now as I'm talking to you. This is such a waste. This is so indignified. This
6: is a crime against humanity.
0: From um, uh, the Endless Revolution, um, again uh, describing uh, that to um, we will try to post that clip uh, from Maxine Waters describing her visit to the Central African Republic um, to basically save uh, President speed. and uh, we are getting uh, Pasha Bobre uh, back on the line. He is on the ground in Haiti, so you can imagine um, just some difficulties with communication there. We are going to take a short station break, and then we return. We will continue our coverage on this uh, 19th anniversary of the 2004 coup, U.S. fat food that took place in Haiti. Uh, joining us will be Pierre Leboisier. And we also hope to get Pasha Bobray, um, who is on the ground in Haiti, back on the line. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
9: songs of freedom is all I ever had Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption
0: Hey, this is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. What I'd like to do now, we are still having some technical issues, is to go uh, to the clip from massacres in Haiti. Stay with us. We'll be right
4: back. We know the history of Haiti. We know about Papa Doc. We know about Baby Doc. We know their relationship to some in the United States of America. We understand what Haiti has been through. We understand that President Aristide presented a new possibility. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's a miracle that he's alive today. It's a miracle. And we have to protect him. And even with our visit there, I did not want them to think that our visit with Celine had anything to do with him. He knows how to manage himself and how to work out, you know, being safe and all of that. But I want to tell you that he has to be careful. Has to be careful. Because the attempts to kill him in the past did not happen because luckily we, they had eyes on what was going on. They had eyes on it to the point where they took him out of Haiti took him first to Jamaica and from Jamaica on to South Africa. And I have to tell you, I was never a big, big supporter of Colin Powell's, but I remember the day I met him in the hallway after the Aristides had been taken out of Haiti. And I said, what are you going to do about it? And he said, they can leave any time that they want to. They were up in Central Africa Republic by now, and they could not. And I said, they cannot leave any time that they want to. He said, well, as far as I know, I said, well, I tell you what, we're going up there and we're going to get him. (laughs) And so we got together uh, with an attorney that had worked with him and with some very, very progressive media and with Randall Robinson and Hazel Robinson and others. We got us a plane and we went up to the Central Africa Republic. We were greeted by young folks on pickup trucks uh, with AK-47s. And we just said, we just here to talk about President Aristide. they had just in, been involved in a coup at the time. And so they took us to what was, I guess, the palace up there. And we waited and waited and waited until the new president came in. And, of course, uh, President Aristide, who is brilliant and speaks all of these languages, he was able to speak to them and talk with them uh, about, you know, what was going on. And so I, I'll just tell you this little story a, a little bit. They said, welcome. Uh, we have p- made a place for you to stay overnight. We will have a dinner for you. And I said, I can't stay. i got to go. You know? <laughs> I said, I've got to go back to Washington, D.C. And guess what? I learned something. The new foreign minister, a young man, looked at me, and you know what he said? You don't turn down African hospitality. And I said, that's right. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm gonna stay. So we had, uh, we had dinner from the, what they call the big fish that comes out of the river, which they live on. And of course, we were able to get back uh, to this palace And the president, who they said was so busy, 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 finally we talked them into bringing him back. And uh, he basically talked about uh, us staying because having been in the coup, they wanted to show that the Americans were were there, to have people believe that we were there to support them who had taken over. (laughs) And so we talked and we talked and we talked. And then the president basically said, basically in French, why would the United States send two women up here to talk to us? And, of course, we didn't challenge that. We were not about being feminists at the time. (laughs) We sat there and we continued to talk. And then he started to talk about what bad shape they were in and how they wanted desperately to get help from the World Bank and asked me if I would help them with the World Bank. I said, I can make no promises, but I will do everything that I possibly can. And finally, um, when I thought it was the right time, I said, Mr. President, you've got to let us go. We've got to get out of here. I said, as a matter of fact, if I'm not in Washington, D.C. by tomorrow morning, they're gonna think you've kidnapped me. <laughs> and so this changes mind. And they let us out, no lights, in the dark, back to the plane uh, where we had landed. And they had young people, you know, there with with the guns and all. I guess they thought they were protecting the plane, what have you, but we got out. Uh, Now.
0: So that is this and Maxine Waters describing very, very tense moments there in the Central African Republic where she went and many of us feel saved the life of President Addison. We do have Pasha Volv back on the line. He is on the ground in uh, Haiti. Let's go directly to you. I'd like to welcome back to you to so uh Pierre uh, Lavoisier and who is a co-founder of the Haiti Action Committee. Uh Pierre, thank you for
3: joining us. Thank you very much, Margaret. What a what a great! Uh, I'm so happy to be an honor to be part of this program today. And uh, right. ju-
0: yeah, um, we talked with uh, and Tasha is now back. Tasha, can you hear me now?
8: I hear you now, but every time you start talking, I kind of lose you. But now okay. I hear you. Okay, very good, Tasha.
0: I was asking if you could describe to our listeners the situation on the ground now, and also anything you could share with us about this recent visit of some members of Paragon,
8: uh to Haiti earlier this week. Okay, right now on the ground, Margaret, Haiti, as you knew it before, is no longer, uh, Port-au-Prince in particular, is no longer a safe place where you can uh, decide to... Uh, 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 go any places freely. Uh, Kidnappings are a daily activity. We're not talking about one kidnapping. We're talking about multiple kidnappings every day. War zones are all over the city, from the north part to the south part, to the mountain parts, all the way to the border of uh, the Dominican Republic. All of them are raw zones, getting in the capital every day. Uh, uh, Haiti has never been in this situation where people are just being killed every day like they were uh, animals. Uh, uh, You have no government uh, in place to even address these issues. The police is getting weaker and weaker uh, or disappearing completely. Right now, so it's a state uh, completely left uh, on its own. But in this reality, you have a complete deconnection of the mass population with the the government, with the private sector, and with the civil society, because this population doesn't feel that all those groups are looking towards them and taking into account their poverty, their misery, the situation that they are living in and that they have been living, uh, the conditions that they are living. So they are not willing to step up and fight this uh, 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 gang, uh, uh, hood, I would say, that is putting up right now. So we are in a very, 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 very difficult moment in our history where we need to get back together, but put down something on the table where the population identifies itself. What will be the future? If we want this country to develop, it will not develop if we don't take into account first, the priority of the population. More than six million people are dying of hunger today. So what are we going to do for them? Until we start talking about them, I don't see any changes in the near future. This week, uh, uh, there was a delegation of CARICOM. Uh, uh, It was probably first uh, in a while that wanted to uh, talk to everybody, I would put it, that did not have one group that they were prioritizing that wanted to get uh, an idea of what was going on the ground. And I think uh, the message was clear that there needs to be a dialogue Among Haitians, there needs to be a solution, a Haitian solution, uh, which uh, doesn't uh, favorize the coming of militaries on the ground because we have seen those militaries come on the ground for the past more than 100 years and still no change. Haiti has gotten worse instead of getting better. So now I think uh, they got a clear message that it was important that we do create. Uh, a dialogue where everybody could sit as uh, uh, on a on a uh, same level basis so when we will be talking about Haiti that the priority is towards Haiti that there is no one man show because no one has the legitimacy of saying that I am the one to decide for Haiti so all those groups need to gather together the political sector the private sector the civil society, the population, and whoever is uh, uh, acting government around one table and start talking about security. Right so we now, can move pa- forward after, afterwards.
0: Right. Now, now, Pasha, hopefully you're hearing, we you know that the US, Canada, the OAS, and the UN have been pressing for a military force to go into Haiti. And they have been putting tremendous pressure and CARICOM, the Caribbean uh, Nations, to support such an effort, but thus far that effort failed. We do understand that Canada organized this a small delegation um, that included um, the Prime Minister of Jamaica, also the Bahamas, and you know, officials from the Bahamas, and Trinidad and Tobago for this, this meeting. So... Hopefully, um, I understand CARICOM wants to have a larger uh, meeting, a more in-depth meeting outside of Haiti uh, so that uh, Lavalas and, and other folks could meet with CARICOM with and, and discuss more of uh, a way forward. Do you know if there was any discussion about such an upcoming in-depth meeting outside of Haiti, given the... Security issues with CARICOM. Uh, Pierre, you may want to uh, comment on that because um, just to comment on the pressure that CARICOM has faced, I think you might have, Pasha's um, uh, line might have dropped again. Uh, so, Pierre, tell us your thoughts then about this tremendous pressure on CARICOM and the refusal of CARICOM to go along. With the climate of the U.S. and
3: Canada, yeah, the U.S. Yeah, I think I'm um, okay, and that's a good first. That that's really fantastic that uh, to get CARICOM to really take a strong position. And and let me salute Pasha for for this very powerful presentation that he made um, about the situation in Haiti. And um, this is this is actually what's going on on the ground. He knows, and he has expressed it very well. And um, people need to look at the majority population and what they want and stop taking the position of the so-called international community. They used to call themselves friends of Haiti, but now they have called themselves the core group. And Haitians on the ground are in such disagreement with them and have so much contempt for that core group, so-called friends of Haiti, that they refer to them as a core gang. Because it's been 19 years and the country hasn't gone anywhere, but pretty much uh, conditions have worsened. And so CARICOM needs to chart a very independent course. They need to look at the reality uh, of the Haitian people as fellow Caribbean people, as brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. who, who've been very, very, um, very much whose societies are being destroyed, mm-hmm. their communities are being destroyed, their very humanity. Are being destroyed in this constant um, carnage that's taking place, and they need to take a strong stand and be very, very strong about this. So that's my position on that. And uh, so, right. and there is a lot of pressure on the Caribbean nations to count out to the so-called friends of Haiti, to the international community, and be the black faces who will be the enforcers who will be the overseers of the plantation. And that Calicum, the people of the Caribbean must make sure that their governments uh, have some spine and will not allow for themselves to be accomplices to the destruction of the nation of Haiti.
0: Right. Pierre, we want to thank you for joining us. We're out of time. I'd like to thank you, Pierre. We'll have to have you back so you can weigh in on all of this. If you'd like a copy of today's show, please contact the Pacifica Radio Archives Please stay tuned uh, for the next upcoming program, Sojourner Truth. We'll be back on the air tomorrow. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. You all, please stay well and safe.